and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Service Monster Podcast. We're going to touch really kind of pretty quick episode today. Um, spring, it's coming. And everyone in the cleaning industry knows that you got to be prepared for it. So we're going to talk about that. How do you get a jump start in your business, especially after the wake of 2020? Um, and hopefully with some good news coming around the corner related to COVID. We're going to also talk about mobile, some releases we've got coming out for you guys, uh, some updates of Service Monster 6, and a couple really good smug posts. So hang around for that. But before we get to all of that, Adam, what are we talking about today? Yeah, this episode, I'm um, going to be taking a little bit of a backseat. We'll be able to have Michael kind of more in the forefront here because we're talking marketing. Um, in this particular example, we're going to be talking, like Joe said, the spring campaign, which is, is quite popular for a lot of the industries in the cleaning sector. Um, and also just kind of marketing blasts in general, but really, you know, post-COVID marketing, kind of what that's all going to to look like. Some things like Joe said, you can jumpstart on to make sure that you're kind of ready to go and that, you know, your presence is, is you know, ready to kind of get that that leap in, uh, in sales. So, Michael, uh, do you kind of want to start us off here and ping back and forth? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so like, like you were saying, Adam, um, you know, spring's a big time for, uh, for us as well, not just cleaners. Um, but going into this spring season, it's a great time, especially this is a unique spring. I mean, this is the first, the first spring we've had, um, kind of like, like last spring, you know, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So everything that you knew for that, everything that we knew for that, threw it out the window, you know, it was totally different. Um, but this spring's kind of things are starting to hopefully going to be returning a little bit more to normal or at least, um, economically things will be a little bit better. Um, and so with that, taking a look at your spring campaigns, what are you doing for marketing this spring? What are you going to do? Um, like a few, a few episodes ago, I think it was just two, two episodes ago. I think we talked about fortifying your business for 2021. So taking a lot of that stuff, getting ready for 2021, getting ready for in the new year for, whatever this year has to offer. Cause we don't know totally yet what all is going to, what all is going to happen, but we're trying to be prepared uh, for those spring campaigns. Um, you know, this is, there's a lot of directions you can take, um, with these types of marketing blasts. Um, you know, one thing that we're, we're big on here is our fill my schedule program. Um, Joe, you've, you've talked a lot about fill my schedule. We, we all have, but, um, I know you guys started Fill My Schedule a long time ago and it's always been really successful. So what's kind of the history of those spring campaigns with a direct mail marketing program like Fill My Schedule? Well, you know, uh, we started Fill My Schedule in 2008 and we started that one in the middle of the summer. Um, it was just, uh, we weren't quite profitable yet when we, you know, we went from 03 to, to 08 before we hit profitability. And the thing that made us do it was Fill My Schedule. But this isn't a story about Service Monster, right? We quickly uh, realized the demand for the product, um, and it and it patched a couple holes for us. We were able to get some Christmas cards out by purchasing a new big machine, and so when that spring came around in two thousand and nine, um, we were dialed in, ready to go. We actually um, dialed in the content and some of the artwork. We at first developed like twenty six different custom fronts. Um, and then we let you pick among those. And really, it became clear pretty quickly that there was only a couple of them that were performing better than the others. Uh, and so then we just dropped all the other ones and kept the ones that were working the best, right? Why wouldn't you just want to use those? And so um, every spring, well, first of all, every January and February, we see a significant dip in Fill My Schedule approvals, right? Nobody wants to push that button either when their schedule is full. So we have this problem sometimes in the uh, summer when people are kind of booked, especially right before school starts. Um, and then uh, when nobody wants to book a job, you don't want to send out cards. You don't want to necessarily do that in January where there's still snowfall. We have polar vortex. I mean, you can go through the whole history year after year after year. But coming into March and April around the nation as the thaw happens, um, especially in the cleaning industry, they wake up. They want to get that work done. They want to get cleaned up. They want to feel good, right? The spring cleaning as it were. And so getting in touch with your current client base to then generate work, man, that's always been very successful. I mean, fill my schedule has an 800% ROI alone. And again, this is not about us. 
you could get that same percentage if you had a CRM and you were able to dial in the campaign the way that we do it, right? The thank you, the three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18, and 24 month cards from last date of service with a very specific message. You could put that together and do it on your own. And as long as you're consistent about it, it's going to have that kind of effect. But there are a couple times in the year where you can push a campaign and just kind of a one-off, right? Um, we do Christmas a lot. We've always done Christmas. That's kind of a give to give. It's not intended to generate a lot of work. It's just meant to keep your brand top of mind, your clients. Spring is all about the cash. It's all about bringing in the jobs and getting an influx of revenue. And so those perform much better than that 800% ROI. Typically, uh, you'll target a larger um, customer base instead of like just a third of your client base every month, which is how the math works out. Um, you're really targeting maybe everybody you've done in the last year or the last two years. COVID presents an interesting opportunity because there should be a lot of pent up demand from 2020. People who didn't get cleaning done, but know they need to do it. Um, and I, and as we've talked about before, you know, we're starting to see, and, and again, we're still in a lockdown ish in a lot of areas, you know, you prefer to stay hunkered down as much as possible. So people might not be getting those services at the scale that we're used to, but I think that's changing, right? We've got the uh, vaccine is being administered, um, on a much larger scale now per day. Um, there's still some questions about the science, right? The New York Times published an article saying that, um, that there was a study done that was pointing towards a 6 to 10% that it, you wouldn't be transmissible after you got the vaccine. That's a question that's still out. And I know that some of the epidemiologists that I follow said that the Times jumped the gun in that article because that individual study is a single study. And there's some questions about how they uh, ran that study. It was kind of a shit show. So um, until I see additional studies being done and epidemiologists saying, okay, yes, we, we now understand the data, I think it's a, you know, a little premature to say that those vaccines are going to help prevent the spread. It'll certainly help you from getting it and being symptomatic, but as far as spreading it within your community, it, there's still a question mark to be had there. There's also a time race on the uh, variants that are out now. There's multiple variants. Some are more, um, some are, are, are looking like they might be slightly more fatal, um, but they're, all of their variants that are out are extremely more contagious. The vaccine should work towards the variants. And I don't want to turn this into a COVID episode, but in part of your planning for your repeat business coming into a spring post COVID, there's some of this information you should have available to you so you can make good decisions. So the question is, can we outpace the variant spread with the vaccine and do those vaccines um, aid in the prevention of community spread? Right? Those are what you want to be watching for. Those are your telltales about whether or not that, you know, people are going to jump right in. Now, a lot of people are obviously they're um, um, <laughs> pandemic fatigued. They're kind of done with it, even though it's not necessarily done. And we've seen spikes, um, of course, from Christmas and New Year's. Um, but again, we're on a downward turn, right? Those are those those seven day, 14 day trends across the nation are actually moving down. Now, we did have the deadliest day. You know, we're still, a lot of people are still dying. Um, so it's nervous, but it's hopeful. So I would say as a cleaner, be ready because when the dam breaks, it's going to break big. When everybody decides, okay, it's time to get back to normal or whatever that means, um, they're going to they're gonna want work done. And if your brand is in front of them when they make that call, that's a good idea. So I would say hit spring hard from a marketing point of view, even if you're kind of unsure of what the market's going to be like in your area, just because when it breaks, it breaks. And when your brand is top of mind, they know who to call. So... That's, I kind of wanted to touch on those points while you're planning this big spring uh, turn up. But business should be pretty good. The other thing to keep in mind is businesses have failed, right? From Service Monster's point of view, it doesn't seem like the amount of churn in the industry has exceeded 
the typical churn that we would normally see. I mean, cleaning industry has a 20% churn per year, period, just off the top. Um, and I don't think from Service Monsters perspective, we saw a big spike in that. Uh, now, those are Service Monster customers, right? So the businesses that you guys run with Service Monster are going to be tighter. Uh, you're going to have better control of your expenses. You're going to have better control over your processes. As a result of that, you may be able to weather the storm a little bit better. So it might not be um, conducive to the entire scope of businesses in the United States. But the one thing that is interesting is that we know businesses have gone under and there's a vacuum there. The customers that they used to serve, they will not be able to serve. And so the cleaning companies that have survived, both residential and cleaning, will need to start picking up the slack when this happens. So all that to say this, be prepared, figure out what you want to do. And I would say coming around March, you're going to want to launch a campaign there. Now, what's interesting about that timing is we've been promising this for years. Sir, Adam, what are we calling? Sir, is this going to be Service Monster 6.6? Yes. Yeah, that's the release. So Service Monster 6.6 is um, actually adding a great deal of self-help features for Fill My Schedule. So you'll be able to create your own campaigns uh, that we set up. You'll be able to select from a handful of card choices. You'll be able to edit your text in the cards themselves and drum roll custom fronts, which means you will be able to upload your front of your image with your brand and phone number right on the front of the card. And we will print that for you. So custom fronts and a lot of self-help directly in the product before uh, March, which is going to be when you're going to want to launch these campaigns. So, and again, if you're not using Service Monster, that's fine, but a direct mail program is highly effective, right? Now, you, you email and text campaigns are effective too, but man, direct, there's nothing like direct mail still for a cleaning company uh, because so many people decided to go with the low cost option and move to the text and email. Email open rates are abysmal typically. Click-through rates are even worse. You're lucky if you're getting 5% on those. And so... Um, you know, text is a little bit better, but also you can piss a lot of people off doing mass text without you know, putting too much thought into it. Um, so direct mail is still a great way to get in front of your clients, give them something tangible that they can put in a drawer or on a refrigerator. And uh, it just makes a lot of sense. If you don't do any other direct mail to your clients, the spring campaign is the place you want to do that. Michael, yeah, you want to add to that? Yeah, that was, that was great. You hit a lot of it. Um, yeah, like you were saying, kind of like, even if you're a little bit unsure still in spring, like taking that big step and just like going hard with the marketing. Um, I always think of it as um, digital marketing is kind of like the umbrella of all sorts of different stuff, you know, Facebook ads, Google ads, um, anything if you're doing, um, you know, like Nextdoor or any of those um, like uh, community apps. And there's all sorts of digital things you can do. Email is included in that. Um, but then doing something that's physical, something that is a physical product that people hold which is why we're big on FMS, but, um, even something like door hangers. Um, I haven't talked about door hangers in a while cause it doesn't come up much, but there's still one, um, uh, example from a blog post a couple years ago of a person who went around and handed out, put door hangers on, on people's doors in a neighborhood. I think he spent like a couple hundred bucks, did like 500 of them and booked like $12,000 worth of work just off of those. And I'm not saying that's always going to be that effective, but it's that intentionality of supplementing your digital marketing efforts with something physical, something um, that the person is actually holding. And obviously the like FMS with the 800% ROI is a fantastic choice that is um, very reliable. Um, but yeah, definitely like making sure that um, you know, you have that plan set up, like you were saying, Joe, but that you're hitting people on multiple fronts. Um, people need to see your content like seven or eight times your name to like really get it. Um, so hitting them, you know, with different types of, uh, social media ads, you know, emails, uh, you know, a card door hanger, whatever it is. Um, that's super, super important to get that set up. Um, and you kind of touched on something that, um, Adam had in here, where was it about? I'm um, looking at those uh, those uh, accounts that um, hadn't booked jobs in a while. Did you want to touch on that, Adam? You had some really good stuff in there, so I wanted to yeah. make sure you talked about that. 
we don't have we don't have Mary with us uh, today, unfortunately, to kind of walk you guys through it. But a big reason why you want a CRM such as Service Monster or whatever you have you know available for you is that you can easily track when the last time these you know clients had work done. And if you if you if your typical cycle is you know somewhere in that nine to fifteen month range for when they're you know getting booked, or if you're certain industries, maybe it's longer, maybe it's shorter. Um, you know, this is when you want to be looking back and be like, okay, nine to 12 months ago, these are the clients or th this is the time. Well, these are the clients that in that time period have not had an invoice since, and you can very easily kind of pull them out. You can make it kind of like a, you know, a call effort. You can do an email, um, either blast or set up some sort of drip campaign, um, that's going to hit those uh, particular clients. You, you can, um, if you ask nicely, you can potentially do a blast on FMS, um, depending on kind of how many filters and things on there you want to be be adding to the cause. Um, but it's relatively simple to do. You know, you can just run a quick kind of uh, report on the account grid itself, or you can just go into the campaigns and create filters that are looking at that last invoice date. So if you guys are interested in that and you have questions, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to support. Uh, they'd be happy to answer that point to do some relevant articles and such. So. Yeah. Um, one thing too, again, got to give credit to you, Adam, because this was your idea, but it was a great point. Um, changing your marketing messaging. We always talk about that, but making sure that it's seasonally relevant to updating your website images. I think you said, Adam, like making sure your images or something were relevant or, um, whatever it is, um, all of your marketing messaging, like, like making sure that it's specific to the season you're in. Um, uh, I got just a little anecdotal thing here. I got an ad from one of our competitors today, won't say who, that was clearly like a mistake. And it was, there was, it was talking about 2018 and 2019 being like the most recent years. And it was kind of weird. I was like, okay. Um, and it kind of struck me. Like if I was a customer, I'd be like, what? That's, that's, that's not right. That's obviously a mistake. Um, so making sure that your, your messaging is relevant, that if you're referring to a year, make sure it's the, most recent year. Um, making sure that if you're doing a spring campaign, you have messaging that talks about spring, you know, spring cleaning is a super common thing that most people know what it means. Um, you know, there's all sorts of like a bunch of our FMS cards say like jump into spring and things like that, but just making sure that, um, wherever it is on your website, your social media ads, your emails, if you're doing texts, um, and obviously with our specific spring FMS cards, all of that is a synonymous message of like, like kind of that shows that you're, you're paying attention to what's going on. You're paying attention to the season around you. Um, and that applies to all year round, not just spring, but. Absolutely. I mean, updating your website, your marketing message, your uh, social media once a quarter for the, for the season that you are coming into is a very effective way to keep that stuff in front of mind. It's so easy, especially single owner operators who hire some bullshit SEO company to build their page and they charge too much for their keywords and so forth. It's so easy just to forget about it. And then you, two years goes by and you haven't done any significant updates at all. Number one, Google doesn't like that. You know, if you have a stale site, it's, it's, it's not a fan. It wants to see that things are continually updated, maybe new blog posts. But if you don't have a blog, Updating your content on a regular basis is a good indicator that, hey, we're still here, we're still functioning, and we're still caring about what uh, users who use our site and our services care about. We're listening to them and we're making changes accordingly. And so it also tells a lot for people scoping out your services, right? Because they're coming into that same mentality. And when they see that you're talking about that, you're a very forward company, you've got lots of good content related to that season, it's just not some stale thing. So that'll put you ahead of the competition who just ignores their site and just uses it as a static brochure site that's hung around for five years without any significant updates. So I think that's a really valid point. Yep, totally. Um, that's all I got for the, um, the marketing blast. Did you I think there's one more thing. We don't have to get into specifics. We've talked about messaging during COVID, right? How everyone was mm. there for you in the, the trying times. Everyone got that exact same email. In these from, unprecedented times. You know, right. Kind of thing, yeah. From, you know, a hundred different companies, some of which you probably don't even, you know, deal with anymore. Like, um, 
so you want to kind of be careful with your messaging too as you come out um, talking about you know spring cleaning. Um, you know you don't want to force the you know if someone is a little bit more hunkered down, maybe they have some pre-existing conditions, maybe they're a little bit more you know focused on that than others. What are some kind of tips that you, you guys might have as far as what the messaging could entail, so that you're not being overbearing, but you are kind of looking towards you know getting back to normal, so to speak? I mean, yeah, the last thing we wanted to hear about was how every freaking company we've ever given an email address to how they felt about COVID. Right. I mean, you know, and we've certainly talked about it too. We're hopefully sharing uh, information that's going to help you make decisions in your business. So it's not like, you know, we're leveraging it as a, as a messaging platform, but as you go in to spring, especially like I was talking about in these areas of unknown with the unknown um, efficacy of the vaccine with the unknown transmission community spread with the unknown variants that are coming out. We all want to be hopeful and we all want to be positive and things are looking pretty good, although medical professionals are in a race. Um, so I wouldn't lean too hard on the, hey, we're out of it. Sign up now because things are back to normal because you don't want to have egg on your face a month later when, you know, things don't go quite right. And we're, we're waiting for summer to really pick back up. So I wouldn't necessarily leverage COVID at all. Um, Michael, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, uh, put it behind you. you. You will stand out if you don't talk about it, if you just act like it's business as usual now. Um, and then maybe a footnote at the bottom, you know, special COVID cleaning services or whatever, if you've you know, decided to go that route. But Michael, what do you think about messaging there related to COVID? Yeah. Um, it's, it is a tricky one for sure. I'm kind of, I think one thing that is really good, like we talked about last week, um, the like touchless customer service kind of things like using that, like if you have something set up where you are able to do, you know, estimates, uh, virtually or or without you know interacting face to face with someone, um, but especially payments, taking payments um, through a payment portal, um, you know, getting an order approved like through our order approval system, um, where someone can just accept it in an email without having to like sign anything physically. Like still talking about offering those services, I think is good because you're not really like talking specifically about COVID, but you can still say like. We have these options like our business model because hopefully at this point your business model really is just reducing contact where you know where where it's possible to reduce it um so that i think that could probably be a good tactic i mean we talked about that last week pretty in depth um you know just just pointing out to your customers that like hey these are the processes we have in place these are um these are your options in terms of you know limiting contact with us and yeah you're not i, I don't know overall though honestly it's it might kind of just be up to you as an owner and kind of how your area is too. Yeah. You know, like, like some areas are still really locked down and some aren't. So it probably just depends on your region and kind of what the general um, kind of attitude is, is locally for you. I wouldn't send out material though. That was like COVID's the first message that they see, exactly. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you, you want to be subtle with it. That's to mm -hmm. my point, to Michael's point as a footnote, it's good. You know, we have no contact payments. We have, especially if you're an exterior cleaner, we have no contact yeah. services. Um, you know, what does that mean? Uh, maybe there's better terminology for it. Maybe that question will prompt them to call and ask. I don't know. Um, I, I just wouldn't put the message as a forefront. Um, putting it as a background thread might be a good idea. But again, like Michael said, and he's right, it depends on your area. It depends on, you know, um, the state of the union, as it were, in your local geographic area. So I think, too, those are things you definitely want to be advertising on your website. If you guys aren't already, I'm going to assume that you guys are. But we're talking about, you know, updating your messaging, updating your, your, your seasonality. If you've implemented new procedures that are going to make you look you know, more attractive to customers who might be you know worried about that, you want to be pushing that right, like on your website. That needs to be first and foremost, like you need to have that you know that web form it's easy to capture their information get going if you want to offer you know promotions you can tie that into it right you can have something pop up um and when they're entering in their lead information um then you can just capture that promo if they're a new customer or whatever it might be um but really just make sure that they know right that's one of our big things we push on the three month and the 15 month fms they might not know the services you have they might not know the procedures you have that is really critically important. You guys, I mean, a lot of you they offer might not, multiple they services. They don't know. 
Exactly. They hundred percent don't know. If you could pool your customers, uh, let's say fifty percent of them, and you just got on the phone with them and you asked them in reverse, "Hey, what products and services do I offer?" I guarantee you that would be abysmal, and you would walk away going, "Oh my god, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe." After all the marketing we do, after all the messaging, and they still don't know. And that's assuming you're doing really well with your client retention campaigns, right? Uh, and even with that, they're not going to have any idea. So keeping that in front of them is a really uh, big deal. And especially if you've added services during the last year, then making sure that everything's up to date and you're getting that messaging out to your customers. I think to the one other thing, Michael, you had you had kind of talked about this. We went on a couple of different uh, tangents, bouncing back and forth. These spring blasts, you know, these one-off blasts, um, whatever you, whatever you know, process you choose to do with that, it's supplementary. Um, we talk about you know client retention. How many times, Joe, have you heard like someone hasn't been you know running any client retention for months? And they get a slow kind of down period of a couple of weeks. And then they're just like, all right, I'm going to push the button now. And that's not really how marketing works, except for these blast scenarios where you're maybe you're offering promotion. You're just, you know, getting that extra, you know, larger audience um, getting tuned in. You really want to be making sure that your marketing plan overall is not just these seasonal blasts. This is panic kind of a, blasts. Exactly. Yeah. I don't got money. I got to push the button. Yep. Then what happens? Job comes in. Yay. And you get the jobs in, you make a little bit of money, you stop pushing the button. And then you run out of money because you run out of jobs again. The idea is to be consistent, stay in front of them on a regular basis, and then supplement with additional marketing for blasts. Um, that's really the way to go about it for a really strong client retention. And again, we talk about it all the time, and I'm super, super, super serious and focused on it. The only way to scale a service business is to make sure that you are getting repeat business because those repeat jobs are more profitable. And uh, if you're under 50%, your chase repeat rate, you're chasing your tail. And if you're over 50% repeat rate, you're, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. So that's really the, the factor there. And the difference between a company that's doing 30% repeat and a company that's doing 60% repeat is all in the consistency of the client retention program. That's it. Yeah. Well said. Happy spring to everyone. Hopefully. Happy spring. We, yeah, yeah. We need it. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's kind of a nice segue into some service sponsor news. Joe already kind of dropped the bomb there. Um, you know, service sponsor 6.6 is it's all about improving FMS men, things you guys have wanted for a long time. Um, more self-help. You don't have to call us in for basic editing anymore. Um, you can use custom fronts. Now, I do want to clarify because I, I guarantee we'll get hit by at least one person here. You guys need to make sure you have the high-quality image ready to go. Three hundred DPI minimum. Yeah, like you're not going to come in and be able to just edit. Your, there's not a Photoshop um, inside Service Monster, so you want to make sure that you have the image itself ready to go. It's high quality, and then then, then we'll get you hooked up there. So. We're really excited about it. Um, we don't have a specific release date. We're just going to kind of say coming soon. Uh, put a little trademark here. Um, but it's it's my primary focus. Uh, we're super excited to get this out the, the, the door for you guys and uh, help with these, you know, spring campaign blasts or um, just general eight step fill my schedule. So, and, and if you're looking for specs because you want to get a start on it, it's pretty easy. Minimum DPI three hundred. So 300 DPI, the tent cards themselves are four by six. So those are going to be your red line images. You want to bleed over that a little bit. And then you want to make sure your your uh, text margins, your bleed area, I would say is a quarter inch all the way around, right? That you, you're not in putting any text anywhere near the edges. Um, so if you do that, uh, and again, contact Ryan Kittering. Um, I haven't told him yet because we've been th threatening custom fronts for like two years. Um, and we just go a little bit on the project and then resources get pulled to do something uh, seemingly more important at the time. So when we are actually live, I'm going to let him know and maybe we'll do some co-marketing, Michael, if you want to remind me of that when we yeah, uh, sure. really get launched. Um, because, you know, he's going to be the go to for getting these custom fronts done for you. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, 
doing this for 17 years, I've never seen an artist or a graphic design company do um, the level of work that Ryan does for the carpet cleaning, window cleaning, and pressure washing industry specifically. So if you need some new updated images, you need a wrap, you need your business cards, or you need you know those custom fronts done, then you're going to want to talk to him if you don't have any Photoshop chops yourself. He's not just an artist either. He understands the industry. There's a reason why a lot yeah, of people I, I watched his, his last carpet cleaning. You yep. know, he filmed it on Facebook because <laughs> he was a carpet cleaner. But uh, the stuff is top notch. Yeah. Very good stuff. Uh, moving on to mobile. We have a mobile release. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be out next week unless we hit something critical in QA early in the week. Um, but. There are a couple of new features. One of them is we talked about last week, the new order form. Um, first off, it's it's going to be on the account page. It's something you guys have been wanting for a while. So you can go into an account and do a new order there. You don't have to backtrack to the homepage. Um, but it's also going to allow you to do order lookup directly through that form so that um, you, know, you can look up a previous order, you can copy that order, and then you can make that now your new order all within that order form. So we're really excited to get that out for you guys. There are also some signature improvements. Um, so if, especially some of maybe your Kim Drive franchises out there who utilize a lot of multi-page um, forms, things like that, you no longer have to backtrack to create a secondary signature. It's, you're able to kind of paste as many as you want. It's currently only, you know, one specific signature. So, you know, whatever your signature is, you can just paste that in multiple locations. Any of you who use the technician app, it behaves in kind of a similar manner to that. Um, you can resize the signature. Um, and then there's there's more improvements that are coming down the line. Uh, I'll tease them, I guess, just a little bit there. Um, but we wanted to get that functionality out for you guys sooner rather than later. So there are also some potential fixes. Again, like we talked about last week for the image upload issues that some of you guys are having um, that are and, and other kind of latency or lag related problems. Um, there was an issue where if you lost signal completely um, when you came back, it wouldn't refresh itself until you closed the app. And so we, we got that resolved and we're hoping that that's going to resolve a lot of these issues for you guys. But we're going to monitor that. Um, I already told Joe that, you know, the teams will be reaching out to you guys individually who have spoken up in Smug. Um, and if you guys have been silently um, suffering from that, you know, please, please don't. Like we, I, I assure you, when Joe and I go to bed at night, we're not just thinking, like, you know what? I want this thing to just break for a couple of people just, you know, so they're frustrated and, and uh, you know, cursing our names in, in the morning. Uh, we absolutely want you guys to have the best experience possible. And so sometimes, you know, we're not going to know that if if it's not something that shows up in, in you know, a crash report, a bug report, whatever, if if you guys don't let us know, whether it's reaching out to support, which we make super simple, both on the mobile app and on desktop, or if it's, you know, just posting and smug. Or if you really want to, I guess you can message Joe. He's always, <laughs> always. I'm willing. always available. You can find me on every platform. <laughs> so. Uh, there's some other UI UX improvements and, and things like that. Uh, you know, if you guys are curious for all of that, make sure you check out the release notes when that comes out. We're posting all of the mobile release notes on the help site. Um, so you, you don't even have to look at the app store itself. You can actually see those on the help site if you prefer. So moving on, we got some smug posts. Um, we actually have a lot of them. Some of them will go relatively quickly. It was very, it was quite active. Um, it was great seeing some of the different posts. I'm going to start with a Tara. Um, it's not Tara. I, I definitely screwed that up when I was at the uh, uh, Kim Dry event last year. Um, but she just had kind of a shout out to Brenda. And I'm not not showing this to kind of, you know, beat our chest. Uh, it was really just kind of a kind thing and it made Brenda's day. Um, she obviously is in Smug. Uh, she's also the early morning support rep. But sometimes it can be a little bit lonely there, I'm sure, answering those morning calls. Uh, but she was super, uh, super happy. She called first thing in the morning, got everything taken care of. She didn't think it was going to be, you know, until much later, like lunchtime or whatever. And so she was just kind of thankful for that. And then a bunch of people jumped in and just wanted to say thanks, guys, for the support there, I guess. And it really does make the support reps day when they get kind of a shout out like that. So it, it really does. It really does. They, um, you know, we do we do try hard to keep everybody healthy and happy, um, even to the point where, the customer's not necessarily always right. And occasionally, maybe once a year, we'll have to let someone go just because they're an asshat to our customer support people. And we want them picking up the next call, happy and refreshed, not feeling like they just got beat. And so uh, 
when you guys voice your satisfaction with an individual's performance, um, and we get praised all the time for our level of customer support. That's that's great. As an entity, we all go sweet, right? And as an owner, or as maybe the support manager, we're um, very appreciative of that. But when you address it to an individual, then it really helps set them apart, makes their day. And then those calls for the rest of the day, those emails for the rest of the day, they're just going to be like bopping around saying, oh, yeah, no, this is good. And have a little happiness and joy in their heart. So we do thank you and appreciate that quite a bit more than you know. Uh, the next post was from Vincent. He was asking if there was a way to set up a drip campaign that was targeting a specific line item. Um, and then he kind of went into some details. He just wanted to set up a yearly reminder. So if you've gotten that particular work done, once set a reminder that goes out the following year. Um, any of you guys who do kind of soft wash, roof cleaning, things like that, this is something that came up every single time I'd be onboarding. You guys wanted that, you know, 18 month or 24 month kind of reminder to get that, that done again. Um, and the answer is it's not necessarily tied to the line item, but you can kind of cheat the system. You can make it work off line item groups or product and services groups. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, uh, I highly recommend you take a look to our help article. I'll actually, I'll, I'll find the article and I'll have Michael attach it when this gets released. Um, but it's very easy. You just go into the product and services down in your settings and there is a group section there and you can now group your products and services together. And this is not just for marketing, by the way, guys, this is going to help your reporting greatly. We actually have a couple of dashboards that are tied to this. You want to be able to track and group these items together so you can see how much of your revenue is coming from a particular type of service versus another. It's especially important if you guys are maybe pivoting a little bit and maybe you're adding some additional services. You definitely want to be tracking, you know, did, you know, hey, we had this growth over here, but we also lost, you know, 40% of our carpet cleaning. I don't know why, you know, it, it now it's just kind of like a bait, like you didn't really move, right? So if you're not monitoring that, you can definitely kind of miss some of those details. But you can create your own groups and then you can tie those line items or when you have an invoice that has those line items on there, you can then go to the marketing campaigns and there is a filter that says last service and it'll just have that particular service group. And then so rather than, you know, focusing on the last invoice in general, you're focusing on the last invoice that had this particular service group on there. So. Um, now, if me saying all of that over the airwaves, you know, kind of made your brain scramble a little bit. Um, I promise if you guys called support and asked for this specific issue, they could get you in and out in five minutes. So, And you, nothing stopping you from creating an individual group per service either on your exactly. pricing yes. list. Thank you. So, um, but you generally do want to group them together. You know, if you have a, a good, better, best, let's say hot water extraction, you can put that all under carpet cleaning. If you offer multiple types or packages of protectant, um, your exterior cleaning, you know, versus your window cleaning versus your roof washing, you can, you can group them together and then target that group in your marketing. Give me all my customers who did roof washing 11 months ago and get them a, Hey, it's time up. Time's up, right? You don't necessarily want to hit the 12 month. That's the, that's the, um, tendency. Oh, I'll send it to everybody who did it last year. Well, you're going to prep the campaign. You're going to build your filters. You're going to do whatever you're going to do. If it's a direct mail campaign, you're going to print everything out. You're going to shove them in envelopes. Um, and then it, they're going to get mailed. And then it's got to go through the process. And then it's already gone, right? That year already happened. It was the first day you hit the button. So if you're targeting 11 months instead of 12 months, then you're getting them ahead of when they would have gotten that service the year before. And uh, maybe that works out good because of, you know, you can think of a million different scenarios where a year anniversary for them booking the job is better than a year anniversary when you send out the marketing material. So just something to keep in mind there that not a lot of people think about. Yeah. The next question came in from Carrie, and I'm actually doing this for the benefit of our support reps. So if any of you guys are listening, this one's for you guys. Um, Carrie was asking about the Zapier integration. He wants to import Facebook leads via Zapier, which is a fairly simple Zap to set up overall once you get it up and running. Um, and they were having trouble um, kind of getting it started. So basically creating the Zapier account and getting the service monster hooked up to it. 
And the reason why this comes up a lot is when you first link service monster, it's going to ask for a username and password. And immediately everyone thinks, oh, they need my service monster username and password. And that's not what they're asking for at all. They're asking for the API credentials in order to, to integrate here. So um, there are very specific steps. We have it on our Zapier um, help article. So you guys can just go to the help site and just type in Zapier. It's the first one that pops up. Uh, but just know you need to be generating an API user, which is down in your settings if you're an admin user. So just wanted to kind of get that out there. If any of you guys are interested in, in using Zapier, um, it's it's a very critical step because it's basically going to stop you from getting into there at all. And you're going to you're going to panic because you're not actually setting anything up. So and this is pretty standard practice, too. It's called OAuth 2. And we want to make sure from a best practices point of view, you're able to issue API credentials to the different platforms that you work with. And then if you get mad at them, you can revoke the privileges without affecting the rest of your product software logins or any of that. So um, always, always generate individual API keys for each vendor that you work with. And then that way you can identify, you know, where, how things come in because you can set it up in such a way where it will help identify the pipeline. I'd also recommend when you do that, generate a note for what the API key is for. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll help idea. you. It'll help you in the future. I promise. You got gobbledygook, right? Which is the <laughs> username, the password, which we only give you once, and it's hash, so we can't get it back. So make sure you write that shit down, right? And you put it in a notepad or something so that you can move it around. And once it's plugged in, you can delete it. But if you just have gobbledygook and no note, then you're not going to know what's attached to it. It's going to be really difficult to figure that out later. So definitely put in your memos. Oh, what do we have next here? The next one's from Monica. Um, she was asking kind of what program we could use to integrate service monster and phone calls to automatically pull up account details when the customer calls. And she actually tagged Joe specifically. Um, and Joe explained, uh, you know, anything that has a soft phone, uh, you can launch a URL when that call comes in, you know, the, the, the screen pop. And we have two different pathways that you can set it up for. You can set it up so that it automatically starts a global search based on the phone number. Or you could have it open up the quick ad and start running a search with that phone number. So whichever path you, you prefer, some of you guys prefer the quick ad, some of you guys prefer just going, you know, account, order, job, or I'm sorry, appointment. Um, and so you can set it up with, with either path. Um, not every phone company is as simple to add these URLs as others. Uh, they have them on their help site, but we have um, instructions for Ring Central and I believe another one directly on our help site. And so um, we can probably link that here when we when we post out. But um, I was able to kind of we we answered the question there, gave you guys the information ish, and, ish. yeah, ish. Yeah, and, let me do a more complete answer on that too, though. Um, okay. Because Screen Pop is great, right? Click to dial is great. And we have both of those set up. So you can, in, there's buttons within Service Monster, especially the new account homepage and uh, I believe the order page as well. If you have your soft phone hooked up to your web browser, when it recognizes a phone number or when you click, it has a special little link that will then make your phone ring which is great. That's very cool. And, and I've even set it up at one point where it was going to my cell phone. So I'd click on the link and then my cell phone would be the thing that was connecting. Uh, again, your experience may vary depending on the software and the telephony company that you're using. And we have screen pop, just like what uh, Adam was talking about, either immediately doing a global search as soon as the call comes in or giving you a toast to open up the quick ad to, did you take the toast away, Adam? I haven't ran through it in a while. Or does the toast still happen? That little pop-up that you click on that initiates the quick ad. Yeah, the toast is still there. Yeah, so a call comes in. Within Service Monster, you get a little pop-up that says, you know, call coming in from one two three four five six seven eight nine, and you click on it, and then it opens up the quick ad, immediately performs the search, and in your possible matches shows you who could be matching from that phone number. So that's great. They wanted something a little deeper, though. Right. When people say, do you integrate with a telephony service? They either mean screen pop and or click to dial. Or 
they want something more comprehensive where you can see the phone calls. It's automatically tracked. You can click on it, maybe even see a, a recording or something like that. Um, we are not that deeply integrated to any telephony service. The integration that we have covers all soft phones, like Adam was saying, and the way to do it varies depending on the soft phone that you have, but it'll work with any soft phone that can launch a web browser. Um, doing that second level integration where you can give you a list of the phone calls to that specific client and the times and maybe even a link to uh, a recording or something like that, that's much more specific, right? We would design it against Ring Central or Grasshopper or whatever flavor of the telephony service of the month is. Um, and you guys are so all over the map. There's no real um, clear winner there to, to put that in place. So we currently do not have um, a short-term or medium-term plan to integrate that level of telephony service that deeply. Not yet. Um, so if you, if you really want it, hit us up on Smug, see if you can generate some interest, and if you get enough people on it, we'll move. We will certainly move. Uh, Smug helps us get things done and prioritize things. So you're more than welcome to jump on that and say, no, I really need Ring Central and I need that list uh, along with everything else that I communicate them with. And, you know, that'll become more of a pressing issue. Um, the next one will be really quick. Uh, Noni um, was talking about service sponsor connection with QuickBooks. Um, and she is up in Canada. And so there was some conflicting information that she was getting. And so she just wanted to kind of reach out and smug and, and, and clarify. And so I just kind of wanted to let any of you guys who might know who are Canadian, QuickBooks Online works in Canada. It also works in, in additional regions as well. QuickBooks Desktop, however, only works in the United States. Um, that's not us. That's QuickBooks. Right. No, we're, we're completely limited and we're at, we're at their mercy, essentially, as far as the development there goes. They so, took away IIF support in well, a couple of years ago, 2018, I want to say, somewhere around there. Yep. And um, and not from the U.S. clients, of course, which I don't understand. They, they had to do something uh, in order to say, well, if you have the desktop in the U.S., it works. And if you have the desktop in Canada, it doesn't work. And I, don't, I can't figure out why they would do that. There's no technical reason why they would lock it off by country as opposed to it being a technological import from an IIF file of their own file format, by the way. Um, but they just don't allow it. They just stopped allowing it. And so if you're in the U.S., you can import IIFs into QuickBooks Desktop. You can also use the web connector. Um, and if you're in Canada, you can't unless you are using QuickBooks Online, which, again, does, uh, does work with Service Monster and whoever else is connecting up. So it's just one of these plays that Intuit is doing to <clears throat> try to move people towards their sub par compared to the desktop version product because um, they really, really want a large portion of their clients on that monthly paying service. They make a lot more money that way. Um, not to mention the, you know, they stay better updated and, you know, all the benefits that you get of having a SaaS product. Well, if you're used to throwing 200 bucks a year at your, you know, accounting software and installing it for security reasons in, in your office computer and then handing that file to your accountant. Um, if you're in the U.S., you're good. If you're in Canada, not so much. Finally, we have a couple of posts from Mary Lynn, who's one of our favorite uh, posters. Hope she's listening. Um, she's trying to gather some feedback. Um, and I won't focus you know, too heavily on the actual feedback that was given. Uh, the first one where she was asking about... Uh, reviews. She mentioned a couple. So tell us and nice job. There were also some, some comments about broadly um, and nice job and broadly we, we do integrate with. And then she also asked about the Syngym and there was some, there was some feedback in there, but the, the main reason I wanted to shine a light on this is smug can be a great way for you guys to get feedback on our marketplace vendors. And, you know, it's going to be honest because they've gone through that. But you have to remember every region is a little bit different you know, there might be reasons why, you know, things work positively or negatively, but, um, you know, always appreciate you guys stepping up and giving that feedback. And it's one of the favorite things that we see. And if you guys are hesitant, maybe there's a vendor that you're kind of looking at. It's, it's probably a good place to go make a post and see what happens. So 
might help with your decision. We have a new vendor coming up too that um, I'm going to be very interested in getting early feedback from. Um, Michael, what's the name of the company? Uh, WebRocket Digital. So we've never promoted an SEO or webmaster company. And uh, if you've been paying attention for long enough, you know why. Because <laughs> I am not a fan most of the time. Um, I don't feel you the, what they charge um, provides a proper value for what they're providing you. Um, I think they oversell their services just to get you on the hook. Um, I can keep going. There's a whole host of reasons. And I really break it down into two. Are they a development company that will just pay you, you know, you pay by hour to do work? Or are they a marketing company that's trying to get every single dollar out of you for the services that they provide? Um, if you go the developer route, that's certainly going to save you money, but they're, they're not marketing experts. They don't know anything about marketing or layout. Maybe sometimes they even aren't that good at design, right? So um, you want to be careful there. So in, in 17 years, we've never said, you know what? Use this company. They're pretty good at SEO and, and web mastery until now. Um, now we, we did some vetting, um, web rocket, uh, they came to us. They're already a vendor for providing other services to us, which we've gotten good feedback from. They provide these other additional services as well. I was a little hesitant. And so I asked them to provide a list of service monster clients that are already using them because they, they have quite a few. Um, and they gave us that list and I had my marketing manager reach out and talk to every single one of them. And um, we got pretty good feedback. I was pretty impressed. So we're going to be putting them in the marketplace. We're going to be giving them a, showing them a little love. I need you guys, if you're interested in that service, check it out. And if you engage with them, let us know what your experience is like, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, ongoing, whatever. Um, because I'm usually apprehensive about this kind of stuff, I'm super interested to know if they've got it figured out. If they were able to give a balance of marketing know-how plus web development and provide a value proposition that will keep you guys from not having to worry about your website and SEO and then just make those things happen. So please, you smug, ask, fill it out, uh, you know, let us know how that experience goes if you choose to engage with them. Yeah. That is all I got for you, Joe. Awesome. Michael, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. Awesome. Told you it was going to be a quick one today. And as always, thank you so much for your time and attention, and we'll see you next time.